Hey, God is good. Diane's family is here from Colorado and Michigan. Come on, stand up, guys. Just want to give you a hand. Amen. And I want to thank everybody that was able to make it on the Friday night. What a time we had. Amen. It was glorious. A lot of fun things. So anyway, God is good. We reach it's, it's all for him. Amen. To all glory be, be to him. And as Bob was sharing just a moment ago about that day, eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has in store for them that love him. Amen. How many here love him? You wouldn't be here today if you did it, amen? Why would you want to come to a church and hear an Italian preacher, right? I mean, you're here because you love Jesus Christ, amen? You ready to get into the Word? All right, got your Bibles. Come on, hold them up, light them up, whichever way. Let's get ready. Father, we thank you for the Word of God today. We thank you that your Word does not return void. It accomplishes what it's supposed to do, Lord, and that's changes from the inside out. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we spent two months now talking about, come on, anybody remember? Ah, oh, man, that makes me feel good, you know. After two months, if we didn't get that, we better start all over again. Amen. Right place, right time. And today we're going to be wrapping it up. And you know, we started in May. May is Mother's Day month, and I wanted to look at women in the Bible. And remember, we looked at the woman at the well. She was in the right place at the right time. We looked at Ruth. She was in the right place at the right time. We looked at Rebecca. She was in the right place at the right time. We looked at Mary. She was in the right place at the right time. Then we went the following month, which is this month, and we started looking at men in the Bible that were in the right place at the right time. And we looked at King David. King David we took two months for because one, the first month we brought out he was in the right place at the first week, excuse me, right place, right time. The second week he was in the wrong place, wrong time. Amen. And we spent some time right there. And then last week we looked at Abraham and the influence that he has even in our lives. He attests as like Father Abraham. Amen. Today I want us to look at two people that were in the right place, right time, but I want to go in just a little different direction. One positioned himself to be in the right place at the right time. The other one just happened to be in the right place at the right time. That's the grace of God, amen? These two people are Peter and Cornelius. You can go ahead and jot that down. And as we look at their story, what I want to do for this last week here is look at our foundation scripture. So the first one was Ecclesiastes 9-11, New Living Translation. So powerful. Let's read it together. Ready? I have observed something else under the sun. The fastest runner doesn't always win the race. And the strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry, and the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. But those who are educated don't always lead successful life. It's all decided by chance, but then the NLT brings out what that statement means. It's by being in the... And that is so key, church family, right place. Then Psalm 37, 23. You guys notice we don't even have to look it up. Ready? The steps of a are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Remember we hung out right there? God delights in our way. God is happy when you wake up in the morning. 
Sometimes we wake up and think the whole world's against us. If God be for us, boy, you guys know the Bible. That's good. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him by his hand, with his hand. Listen, I remember something Buddy Harrison said a long, long, long time ago. He says, look, when it, you know, we just can't get it all together. Here's the greatest prayer you'll ever pray. Ready? Help! He holds us by his hand. When you don't know what to do, just put your hand up. Say, God, help me. Amen? That don't sound like faith. That's a great act of faith. Amen? Proverbs 3, 5, I know you guys know this one also. Ready? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Acknowledge him, and he shall what? Direct your path. And then I love this, this verse. It came alive to me last month. Psalm 25, 4, NLT. Look at it on the screen there. Show me the right path. How many times we should ask that for health decision, jobs decision, mate decisions, dog decisions? Got quiet in here. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Many times in life, this we go to God and we feel this is what He's saying. Go right, go left. We don't know. Show me, Lord. Show me, and He will show you. Amen. Come on, write that down. The Word of God is rich. Get it in your heart. Let it become a part of you. Then when you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, you know he's right there with you. He's going to get you through it. He didn't put you there. The devil, the world, the curse, all that gets you there. But God can get you out. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? For you are with me, Lord. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Amen? So this week we're going to look at Peter and Cornelius, two very opposite people, right? Very opposite. One is a Jew, one's an Italian. But yet God brings them together to open up the door of salvation to the Gentile world. Again, as I've said just about every week, why do I love the story of Bible character uh, characters? I just love learning their lives. And again, in 1 Corinthians 10, 11, it says this. These things happen to them as examples for us. We should learn from examples. Amen? So if you want to know something about a certain situation, find the Bible character. See how he handled it. Some handled it well. Some didn't handle it well, amen? And we can learn from them. But it says, they were written down to warn us. Warn us. David should warn us. A movie as dumb as Fatal Attraction should warn men. Warn you. Things should keep you on track. Because the body has a tendency to want to do its own thing. But when you submit yourself to God and say, I want to do it God's way, it'll warn us. He'll say, look, look at David. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He should have been in a battle that day. He shouldn't have been up on his rooftop being a peeping Dave. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, that would never happen to me. Watch yourself, lest you also fall. We all have to watch ourselves. Amen. No one's exempt 
no one in this life. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. Well, would you think you're living in the end of the age? Did you think you would see what you're seeing progressing at, ready? Warp speed happening so quickly, we know where we are in the timeline. I don't know if it's tomorrow, I don't know if it's a year, I don't know if it's 10 years. But one thing I do know, it's sooner than it was yesterday. Sooner than it was the day before, amen. All right, so let's begin. Go over to Acts chapter 10, and let's spend our, our morning there. Acts chapter 10, verse 1. There was a certain man, so this man lived. He's a real man, a certain man. And Caesarea called Cornelius. He was a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment. So he was a man of great authority, had many soldiers under him. He was, I want you to circle these, highlight them in your Bible, however you want to put it so they jump out at you. Number one, he was a devout man. Everybody say, devout man, devout man. Number two, he was one who feared God with all his household. His salvation wasn't just about him. He wanted to make sure he raised his children, his wife, his household, right, that they would serve the Lord also, amen? Number three, he gave alms generously. He was a generous man. And number four, and he prayed to God always, or he was a man of prayer. We see that Cornelius lived a life that got him into the right place or the right time, or he made a decision to position himself to stay close to God so that at the right time, God could use him. Come on, do you understand that? We can get ourselves through prayer. We can get ourselves through the word. We can get ourselves through study. At times we think, is it ever going to happen to me? You just stay faithful to God. Keep your nose in that book and let God do what he's got to do. Look, God knows you better than you know yourself. He knows me better than I know myself. He'll put the tug on your heart. He'll move the situations around and he'll bring everything together. Yeah. Amen? He positioned himself to receive from God. So look at the four points. Number one, he was a devout man, or he was a man that was hungry for God. Hungry for God. And the scripture says in Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. They didn't say they might be filled. They didn't say, ah, oh, ee. It says what? Come on, you got to talk to me. You're hurting me today, church. Come on. They what? Shall be filled. They shall be filled. What do I have to do? Hunger after God. I have hungered after cake. I have hungered after peanut butter ice cream. Come on, talk to me. I've hungered after Chippehoy cookies. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You see them there, you go. I rebuke you, devil. <laughs> and you have the battle not of the mind, of the flesh. And usually, for you guys, really? Oh, I'm so surprised. <laughs> so number one, come on, say it with me, ready? Blessed are those who what? Hunger and thirst after righteousness. What will happen to the people that hunger and thirst after righteousness? Oh, pastor, I wish I could learn the word of God. But yet, you know what? You learn all the sports stats, stats, you know how to run computers. What you put your priority, what you put your affection towards is what's going to come out of you. Amen? 
you're, you know, your life is just playing on your phone, social media, all that, that's what you're going to get. Amen? What goes in must come out and will come out. Amen? If we pervert our minds with, with the, the culture of the age, the TV shows, that's got to come out. Amen? There's no way it can't. No way it can't. Come on, guys. The words they're saying on TV, we, we got rid of cable. We couldn't handle it anymore. The shows aren't bad. The TV, the, the commercials are terrible. Anyway, number two. Ready? He feared God, or we could say he was a worshiper of the one true God. Remember, he was a Italian. This is pre-Constantine and all that. They were worshipers of idols, amen? Idols. And here he is. He saw something in the Jewish faith that attracted him to the one true God, and he became a true worshiper of Almighty God, right? And Proverbs 9:10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Amen. And again, the fear of the Lord doesn't mean. It means we worship God. We love God. He's numero uno. Amen. I don't give my praise to no sportsman or movie star. I give my praise to almighty God. I thank God for talents that people have. And I rejoice in the Lord that he blesses people. But they don't receive the praise of mine. Almighty God receives that praise. Amen. Number three. He gave to the poor, or we could say he was a generous man. Look at Psalm 41, verse 1 up on the screen. This is the uh, NLT. Oh, the joy of those who are kind to the poor. The Lord rescues them when they are in trouble. The Lord protects them and keeps them alive. He gives them prosperity in the land and rescues them from the enemies. The Lord nurses them when they are sick and restores them to health. What a promise for being generous. Amen? And I'm not he's not talking here about being generous in the church. This is saying just having a generous heart. You find out a neighbor is going through a hard time. You leave a bag of groceries in front of their house or a gift card or just an attitude of generosity, amen? And number four, we see that he was a praying man, a praying man. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says it like this. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything, not for everything, but in everything, what do we do? Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So we should have an attitude of prayer, amen? We should have a set time of prayer. I believe that with all my heart, that we should have a time that we know this is God's time with me, a devotional time and a prayer time. Sound good, everybody? So we see these four points that I believe this man did to position himself to be a man of God and that God could speak to him. How many here want God to speak to you? Amen? Yeah. We all say, yeah. Let me tell you, sometimes I make that statement with fear and trembling. Because what if God says, yeah, you want to hear from me? Okay. I want you to go to, with Bob Buse to Albania or, or another nation. You go, well, that was the devil. I rebuked that thing. <laughs> you got to watch when you say, Lord, here I am. Send me. Amen. Thank God God knows us. Can I get an amen? 
thank God he knows us. He knows our makeup. He knows. But sometimes he gets a little nervous serving God. Amen. He's a good God. He'll never do anything bad to us, but he might challenge you. How about this one? He might break you out of your comfort zone. As my brother-in-law said a book he was reading, he might have you face your fears. Come out! Let's continue on, Acts 10.3. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly a vision. In a vision, that word clearly sticks out. Because sometimes we see things, ah, is this guy, this was clear. He knew that this was a vision, an angel of God coming in and saying, Cornelius, and when he observed him, he was afraid. Well, these people tell me, oh, I have visions of angels all the time. Really, every time I read about angels appearing to people in the Bible, for, I mean, John wanted to worship him, and the angel said, don't worship me, we're fellow brothers. Let's keep going on. He said, what is it? Lord, boy, that angel must have been so glorious that he called him Lord, right? Again, and I brought this out, and we're going to do a whole teaching. I believe it's in the month of September where we're going to talk about angels because the more I study it, our New Testament, our Old Testament is full of angel experiences. We should be seeing it more in our day and age too, right? In Hebrews 1.14, it says, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to the ears of salvation? Who's that? Us. So you got an angel. I got an angel. Amen. All right, let's continue on with verse 4. So he said to him, watch what the angel says to him. Your prayers and your alms have come up as a, a memorial, excuse me, before God. Is that beautiful? Because he was a praying man, because he was a giving man, it came up as a memorial before God. Well, we know in the book of Revelation, it says that our prayers are as incense before God. I say this, I want to make it so smoky up there. Amen? With our prayers just filling the throne room of God. So his prayer life, his generosity reached heaven. And I'm not preaching money here. This is do stuff on your own outside the four walls. Amen? Let's keep, keep going on. Verse 5. Now, here's his instructions. Ready? Now, send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continuously. Now, just a little side note. Why didn't the angel just tell him what to do? Why did he have to go call Peter? Because salvation is of the human race. We have to preach the gospel. We have to go into the highways and byways, not angels. In fact, if you study your Bible, you will only find one place where an angel is given permission to preach the gospel. Let me show it to you. Hold your place there. Go to Revelations 14.6. This is the only time that angels will have the opportunity to preach the good news. Besides that, it's our job. 
Our job. Can I get an amen in the house today? Our job to be a light to the world. Our job to reach our neighbors. Our job to reach our family. On and on and on. Look what it says here, Revelations 14, 6. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having, look at the way God calls it, the everlasting gospel to preach. To who? To them who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. The only time. The only time they get to preach the gospel. What do they do then? They can nudge you to get to a church. They can nudge a person to get to a certain person, but they will not preach the gospel to you. In fact, if you study it out, when angels preached to people, they started cults. Anti what the Bible says. That interesting? All right, let's pick up verse 8. So when he had explained all these things to me, sent them to Joppa. Okay, let's put Cornelius over here now. Now we're going to pick up Peter's story. Ready? Verse 9. The next day as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up to the household to pray about the sixth hour. Okay, we see a man over here, devout man, generous man, prayerful man, on and on. Let's find out about Peter. Then he became very hungry and he wanted to eat, eat. What is so spiritual about being hungry? You could say nothing. He was hungry. You ever get hungry and you, you're fixing dinner? What do you end up doing? Eating half of it before dinner starts. Anybody? Here's Peter. He's hungry. Hey, when, when, when's lunch? When's dinner? So he just goes upstairs. But he was in the He was in the right place at the right time as Cornelius was in the right place at the right time. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance, a spiritual state. And he saw a vision. He saw heaven open and an object like a great sheep bound at the four corners descending to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, birds of the air, and a voice came to him and said, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Remember, this is a kosher boy. He is, Peter, as much as he is crazy and wild and all that, he was a holy man. And you'll see why. I'll show you. Watch. Verse 14. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. He followed the law, Peter. Amen? I believe he, you know, we'd have time to go through all the stories. I believe the reason he got picked by Jesus was he was in the... And what was he doing in the right place at the right time? Fishing. Fishing. Don't say God can't use you. God can use anyone with an open heart. Willing to do his will. Amen? But I'm scared. And that's the kind of people God loves to use. He chooses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Verse 15. And a voice spoke to him again a second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times. Boy, that number three sticks out a lot in the Bible, right? And the object was taken into heaven again. 
Now, while Peter wondered, in times when you receive things from God, that is your time to meditate on it, chew on it. Lord, was that dream of you? Some people have dreams and everything's a spiritual dream. Not everything is a spiritual dream. Some is the anchovy onion pizza you ate last night. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? But some things are spiritual. Rest in them. You know, some of the things the Lord has showed me, you think about it. Sometimes a month later, he can show you other pieces of the vision or the dream that he speaks to you. So he wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant. So can you picture it? He's hungry. He's probably relaxed. He's sitting on the rooftop. Maybe a little Israeli uh, breeze going on. And he sees this vision in a trance, and he starts wondering, what, what, what was that about? Do you guys understand? This is a kosher Jewish man. They don't eat pork chops. They don't eat lobster, shrimp. And yet he's seeing all these hanging there, and he's hearing the Spirit say, manja. What this vision meant, what, what he, vision which he had seen meant. Behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made, they just happened to get there, right? At the right time, right place, uh, right place, right time. And they made an inquiry for Simon's house and they stood before the gate and they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter was still thinking, thought about the vision, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go and go with them, doubting nothing, for I had sent them. Oh, church family, we need to learn to become sensitive to the Holy Spirit's voice. He wants to lead. He wants to have a part in us. In fact, in the sparkling gems that I was reading yesterday, he lusted to envy. He wants to have a big part within our lives but we clutter our spirit with so much stuff. Anybody else fight some of that? Anybody here ever have distractions? Jonah, ever, right? Just things, things that clog up the Holy Spirit's voice. Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent him from Cornelius, said, yes, I am he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? And watch how they report about their boss. And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, we read that, a devout man, one who fears God and has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews. So you saw that he was a worshiper of the one true God. Remember, he's an Italian, he's a Gentile, right? He was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. Then he invited them in to lodge. On the next day, Peter went away with them. And Peter's smart here, what he's doing. Watch what he does. And some brothers from Joppa accompanied him. You'll see why in a moment that was wisdom, bringing other people with him, right? Verse 24. And the following day, they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them, and he, and he had, look at this. He called his relatives and close friends. He was a soul winner. 
How was he a soul winner, number one? By his lifestyle. They saw that he was a devout man. They saw that he was a man of prayer. They saw that he was a generous man. And he calls the family in. He didn't want his salvation to be me and who cares about the rest. He thought about his family. He thought about other friends. It reminds me of the jailer, right? You and your house shall be saved, amen? Get your kids in church. Get them under the anointing of God. And let God do the work in their lives. Amen? So he was a soul winner. Verse 25. As Peter was coming in, Cornelius meets him. He falls down at his feet, starts worshiping him. And Peter lifts him up, saying, Stand up. I myself am also a man. Listen, there are no big shots in the kingdom of God. This is Peter. Go go to, to Rome. They built these huge buildings to him. But here he says, I'm just a humble man, just like you. That should always be our heart. Amen. Amen. Verse 27. And as he talked with him, he went in, he found many who had come together. Then he said to them, watch this now. You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company or to go to one of another nation? But God. Thank you, the but gods, amen. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Racism is a sin in God's sight. Prejudice is a sin in God's sight. God says up in heaven, every tribe, every tongue, every culture. I'll tell you, I'll never forget the day when we were in Cuba and watching these people worship God. They put me to shame, let me tell you that. They knew how to worship God. Get ready for it, because we're all going to be up there together, every person, amen? There is no racism in the kingdom of God. Verse 29, therefore I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. I asked then, for what reason have you sent me? So Cornelius said, watch what he says now, right place, right time, but positioning yourself. Ready? Four days ago, I was, no, read it, fasting. Ugh. Come on, why is everybody so quiet? What happened? You were just shouting a moment ago. There are some things that quiet the flesh to open our hearts to the spirit. Fasting is not one of my favorite, but it's in the word of God. The same way that we're going to teach on heaven and hell, we have to teach on hell because it's in the word of God. Come on, church family. All right, let's go. Four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. And he said, Cornelius, your prayers have been heard and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa and call Simon here, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. When he comes, he will speak to you. So I sent for you immediately, and you have done well to come. Now therefore, we are all present before God to hear all things that you command of us by God. This is, this is miraculous. 
This is the spreading of the gospel to the world now. It was held just in Jerusalem, in Israel. And at this point now, it's going to shift. A major shift. Just like May 14th, 1948, a major shift. Everything changed. That's why we're living in that right now. Amen? This is a shift right here. Ready? Then Peter opens his mouth and he says, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, this is what's going on in Iran right now. This is what's going on in Muslim nations right now. Whoever fears the one true God and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know which was proclaimed throughout all Judea, it began from Galilee with the baptism of John, how God, come on, we know this verse, ready? How God, all together, come on, ready? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing and healing that are oppressed of the devil. Why? For God was with him. Sickness is bad. Healing is good. Can I get an amen? All right, here we go. And we are witnesses of all things which he have done, but both in the land of Jews and Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging him on the tree. Him, who? Jesus. God raised up on the third day, showed him openly. Over 500 people saw him. We saw that on the day of Pentecost when Mary was up there too. Now to all the people, not to all people, but to witness cho witnesses chosen before by God, even us who ate and drank with him, he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify, say this with me, that he, that it is he who was ordained by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. Those that are taken in the rapture and those that are left behind. Verse 43, to him all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive. Didn't say atonement, said remission, washed away. Watch now, while Peter was still speaking, these words that the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard it. He didn't even give an altar call. He didn't even say, come to the front of the altar. Nothing. The Holy Spirit knew what these guys believed, ladies and guys, in their heart. And those of the circumcision who believed, who's that? The Jews, right? The circumcised were the Jews, right? What did they think? They were astonished. Come on, you can talk in this church, ready? They were astonished. Why were they astonished? Watch what it says. As many as came with Peter because they saw something, ready? The gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles. How did they know it? Come on, say it with me. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So here they are just sharing about Jesus. 
and the Holy Ghost comes on the scene. Hallelujah. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. So we see like Cornelius that we can position ourselves to hear from God. And at other times, God will move when you least expect it. All of a sudden, you get a dream. All of a sudden, you see something. All of a sudden, revelation comes. But I believe it comes first through that positioning, that you are spending time in prayer, that you are spending time seeking God. And when you do, at the right time, God speaks. Diane Fiola, I thank God that I happened to be in the right place at the right time 40 years ago, sweetie. You, this church would not be here today if it wasn't for your part in it. I love you, sweetie. I love you, sweetie. There is something about being in the right place at the right time, and I pray that you today, after we've gone through two months of this, and if you missed any services, go to YouTube, go online, listen to it, that you yourself will have a heart after God, that you yourself would worship God, that you yourself would be people of generosity to the poor, that you yourself would be a person of prayer and watch what God does in your life. Remember, we are living in the last of the last days. So let's be vessels that God can work through. Just like it says in last scripture, turn to Acts chapter 2 and verse 17. Acts chapter 2 and verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your older men shall dream dreams. And on my men servant, my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Then he said, I will show wonders in heaven above, signs on the earth beneath. We're seeing these. We had the Revelation 12 sign a few years ago. We had the four blood moons. All these things are pieces of the puzzle coming together, right? Then he says this, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. This is interesting because we just lived through something in New Jersey that I never put this together, right? When all that smoke came into New Jersey, what is it, two weeks ago? And the sun was darkened and the moon became bright red. How many remember that? Come on, God, we all saw it, right? And look what it says. The sun shall be turned in the darkness. Well, yeah, when a third of the world is on fire, I wonder the moon into blood before the coming of that great and awesome day of the Lord and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Church family, let's believe God that we are going to be 
in the right place at the right time. Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 Let's close in prayer. <clears throat> Next week, Reverend Bob Buse and Gail will be here sharing the word of God. It's going to be awesome. Ice cream. I was going to have Brandy, you know, scoop all that ice cream up, but she ordered the ice cream cones already, so <laughs> we're all set, amen? It's going to be a good time. Again, if you got the t-shirt, go ahead and wear it next week and just have a, a good time, but I know the word of God is going to be rich next week, amen? Father, we bless you and we thank you for this time that we could just hang out with a man named Cornelius today. Oh, I just love just hanging out with him. Just seeing how this man lived. I picture him waking up early in the morning, maybe getting on his knees, maybe walking around a beautiful home that he had, being a centurion. But I see a heart that hungered for the one true God. I pray right now for people in Iran, people in China, people in Saudi Arabia. So many of these have a heart for God but they don't have the knowledge yet. I pray, Father, for visions, dreams, young men seeing visions, old men dreaming dreams. I pray, Father, that there'd be such a revival. Oh, the nation might not change because we know what's going to happen in Isaiah, Ezekiel 38 and 39. But people can get born again. That at the sound of that trumpet, millions millions, millions out of these nations that have been closed to the gospel. And I thank you for that. But today begins right here. I ask you to look within your own heart. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? You position yourself by coming into this church. Now take that step. Take that next step. Ask Jesus to come into your heart. How do I do that? You pray a very simple prayer. The words won't get you saved. Believing the words will get you saved, will get you born again. Say this with me. We'll all say it together to help you. My dear God in heaven, I believe today that Jesus Christ, he is the son of God. I believe that he died on the cross, that he rose on the third day, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I repent of my sins. Thank you for forgiving me, accepting me, loving me. Thank you that I am born again today. In Jesus' name, amen. No one looking around, Christians praying softly, but if you're here today, and you have never prayed that prayer before, and you're doing it today, i like to say congratulations. What i like to do is give you a little gift before you walk out these doors. I won't ask you to stand. I won't ask you to come to the front, but we have altar workers that are around the sanctuary that'll come right to you and place this gift in your hand. If you don't have a Bible, there's a little card inside that package. Take it to our bookstore, and they'll give you a free New Testament, our gift to you. We're not here to embarrass you. We're here to help you today. We're here to get you started today. Amen? So if you're here today and you're accepting Jesus Christ for the very first time, or you're rededicating your life to him, or you're just not sure yet, but you would still like this package before you walk out the doors today.
then with no one looking around, this is between you, Almighty God, myself, and one altar worker that'll come to you. Would you slip your hand up? Let them see it, and they'll come right to you and put this gift in your hand. We're here for you today. You are in the right place at the right time. Today is the day of salvation. Don't wait for tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow has in store. Just slip your hand up. Let me see it. Put it right back down. And we'll get somebody to come to you and bring you this gift. All right, church family, that I believe on the day of the rapture, the day of Hapazzo, we're going to all, this church will be empty. Amen? I get an amen? Let's close in prayer. Father, we bless you and thank you. Thank you again that Jesus, he is our Lord. Thank you, Father, for always watching out for us, your blessings. Now, Father, I thank you for each and every person that's here today. I pray, Almighty God, just to, to show them their positioning today, to show them the area that you want to enlighten today, Lord. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's devotional time, Bible reading time. Maybe it's generosity, whatever it is, Lord. Show us today, Lord, that we can be vessels unto honor, meet for the master's use. Now, Father, we thank you that you have made us the, and not the tail, above only and not beneath, that in all our ways and endeavors that we are, we are blessed to be a blessing. Go be a blessing today, church family. Thank you for being here.